This message is brought to you by Moira Pentecostal Church. We hope that it will encourage, challenge, and develop you into the person God has made you to be. anointing of God, we also carry the authority of God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, these are the days to move in the authority of God. Uh, And then thirdly, he lifts you up in life and purpose. What we looked at under this heading is that, you know, the Christian life has to work. It has to work out there in the real world, not just in the four walls or in the safety of being surrounded by uh, believers, but it has to work in life. And God's purpose needs to come through in your life, right where you are, feet on the ground. We need to say the purpose of God come to pass. Many people are sidetracked and distracted, uh, grasping and trying to develop what they think is the purpose of God. Uh, And how wonderful it is when we gain that release from striving and struggling, trying to achieve things for our own self and energy, and we simply begin to see God's divine purpose come to pass in our lives. Hallelujah. That's the only thing we want to see this morning, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful that you are right on schedule, you are sitting right on the seat you're meant to be sitting on, and God is going to bless you to the core of your inner being today. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's God's purpose that you're here this morning. Now let's get straight into this second message this morning. This second message is entitled, Growing Deeper. There is absolutely no doubt about it that we as the church of the living God need to come to a deeper place with Him. We need a deeper experience of His love, a deeper experience of His glory, a greater understanding, a deeper knowledge of God, and we need to walk in the true ways of God. And for that to happen, God needs to take us to a deeper place. Amen. I hope there is a desire in your heart for the deeper things of God. I can honestly say to you that since God filled me with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit when I was a young boy, there's one thing that has never been uh, removed from my heart, and that is the passion and the desire for more of Jesus in my life. I want to tell you, friend, if that is uppermost in your heart, God will take you into the deeper places of walking with God. There is more for us. There is always more for us. And here I am at 56 years young, and I am aware that God has got more in his life for me, more of his glory, more of his love, more of his fulfillment. And I actually said last night that Miriam and I, my wife and I, we feel as if we're in a transition period because we know that God has scheduled us for so much in our future and I am more excited today than I ever been for the things of God and the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing to be driven in your heart by the passion of Jesus and I long for more of him, more of his character, more of his his anointing and his glory in my life. I speak that over you this morning in the name of Jesus that in your spirit and in your mind you would come alive again with a freshness and a zeal that you once had and that God would take you to higher heights and to deeper places as we come through this message. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! (laughs) 
When I speak about the deep things of God, I'm referring to closeness and intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Talking of your relationship with Him and your walk with God. I'm talking about coming beyond just the surface things. Many Christians live with just a surface experience of Him. They run from Sunday to Sunday, but there's little experience of God or encountering of God, His presence and His, His power in their weekly life. When we talk about large oak trees, the Word talks about the large oak. And the large oak tree is held up by very strong roots, wide and deep. And if the root of the tree is not strong and deep, when the winds and the waves come, when the storm comes, the tree can come crashing down. Well, we don't need to be reminded of that with the winter we, we've just been walking through. We've certainly had plenty of storms and wind. Paul and I live not very far away from where all the floods, the major floods have been. We, we've been on dry ground, by the way. We've been walking through on dry ground, no problem whatsoever. But, but we've been very, very aware of the winds, very aware. And Paul says that he longs for us to be rooted and grounded in a deeper way in the of God, rooted in the gospel, rooted in the love of God, rooted that we might know the depth of the ways of God. Now, friend, if you've made your commitment of faith to Christ, a genuine confession of faith, you are safe and secure in your salvation. But I'm reminding you today that God wants to take you to a deeper place with himself. Hallelujah. When we speak of the word depth here, uh, here's a real uh, wonderful theological, I have to say deep definition, but I wish I could find a better word, but here it is, so simple actually, that which is a great way from the surface. Many of the songs, not so much in this church actually, we sang a song last night that absolutely thrilled my spirit. And some of the songs you sing, the words are great. But many places we travel, I wonder about the depth of the vocabulary. And sometimes we can be so surface and we need to be singing the deep truths of God and allowing them to come into our mind and shape our understanding. So that which is a great way deep down from the surface. I, I, I wonder if we could measure how spiritually deep we were uh, at the place, at the level we were with the Lord Jesus Christ. How would we come out? Perhaps some of us would be surprised that we are not as far on as we think, or perhaps in that transparency and openness of heart that we want, we would actually prefer to say, actually, Pastor Paul, I know I'm not in the place where I should be and where I want to be. Having walked with God for so long and come so far in life, I am aware that I really should be in a deeper place with God. I trust that that passion and that cry is in your heart this morning. When I was a young man, a boy really, uh, I grew up in a wonderful place called Scarborough in Yorkshire on the east coast. It's actually called the Queen of the Yorkshire coast. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go there, I hope you'll go. It's a beautiful place to have grown up as a boy. Uh, in Scarborough, there are two bays. There's the North Bay and the South Bay. And I either spent my uh, summer breaks on the beach 
with all my brothers and friends, and uh, you've probably heard me say, when the locals went to dig in the sand, they didn't take, take plastic shovels. Oh, no. We lived at the, uh, uh, on a hill, and you walked down the valley. I'm telling you, seven and eight, we walked down with proper garden tools. <laughs> when we were building sandcastles, we were building sandcastles. And so we took all the gardening equipment and then the holiday makers were looking and thinking, oh, the locals have arrived. <laughs> and we would dig in. But the other pastime that we used to, and we're talking just about every day in the summer holidays because my parents at time, that time owned a, a hotel. And um, the other thing we used to do, there were two bays, there were two swimming pools, outdoor swimming pools, pretty cold actually. Uh, and uh, on the north side, it was a chlorinated pool, but on the south side, it was a seawater pool and it had a serious high board. And guess what? I used to jump off the top of it. There weren't many that did, but I was one that did, yeah. Uh, uh, and the depth to be able to accommodate the height of that pool, the depth in the pool was 15 foot seawater. And one of the things that I used to do was to swim right down to the bottom and I would swim along the deep end and I'd be underwater quite a long time. If you've ever wondered how the Lord has helped me to hold my breath, there's the secret. <laughs> All right, and hold a long note. I actually learned to control my breath, not only through vocal training, but also by swimming underwater. And, and uh, I remember on many occasions where I didn't quite make it, if you know what I mean, and I was so far up, and then you start breathing out, just longing to break through the surface at the top. And uh, I made it. And sometimes I didn't. And there was a good old gulp of seawater. Why do I say that? Simply this, you actually can't learn how to come deep and stay down and swim along without actually practicing how to remain there. And I just want to say to you this morning that it's actually practicing the presence of God and certain key factors in our spiritual life that will enable us to come to a deeper place with God. We realize that only God can take us to that place himself, but it does begin with certain things happening in our own hearts. And I just want to simply point them out to you this morning. Firstly, we must have a desire for a deeper life and a passion for Jesus. I, I happen to believe that sometimes passion for Jesus can be caught. You can catch somebody else's passion. You can pick up somebody else's enthusiasm. You can be affected by somebody else's zeal for God. If you're not there and you know your passion has, has died and you've dried up, then one of the great things you can do is begin to rub shoulders with someone who is seriously on fire for God, who is absolutely sold out for the kingdom of God, who is carrying a passion for Jesus and a deep desire and a longing in your heart. I want to say to you that I do not believe in this area. There is a better 
better church you can be involved in than coming along to this fellowship and sitting under the ministry of Pastor Dave and the elders here. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is a place filled with people who are carrying passion for Jesus. And I love that. I love the freedom. I love the liberty. And so get involved and rub shoulders with someone who will really stir you up. And then after that, you've got to do your bit. Hallelujah. You know, there are some things that God can't do for us. We'll come to that in a little while. But you have a responsibility to fan into flame the gift of God within you. Stir it up. Fan it into flame. Bring it to the forefront. Fire up your heart in the name of Jesus. Stop giving yourself excuses. Stop to sort of walking as close to the world as you can. Get your heart right. Get passionate for Jesus and set off with a deep passion and a hunger for more of God. Let it be priority in your life. Let me remind you of what David, the great psalmist says, King David. This is what he says. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. What he was saying there was this is top priority in my heart. One thing I seek that I may dwell dwell, live, abide in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and see him in his temple. Isn't that an amazing spirit in King David? What a wonderful, wonderful heart King David had. I wonder if that's the passion in you. Do you just come along because you think, well, I should go or are you driven, are you desperate and can't wait to get there? You know, Miriam and I have learned over many years, I just love being in the house of the Lord. Amen. I, in fact, I just, you know, I'm quite happy just to come and sit here. I, I, I'm quite happy just to come and sit next to you and be in the presence of Jesus together. I can't get enough of his glory. Hallelujah. I wonder if that is in your heart today. I'm asking you, I'm calling your heart today just to say, come on. You can do something about the depth in your own heart. You can come to a deeper place by doing what you need to do yourself with a new unction and authority to come to a deeper place in God. What a wonderful example we have in the story or the real life experience actually of Mary and Martha. I wonder if you'd like to open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And look at verse 38. Are you there? Let me read it for you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. That's a lovely thought, isn't it? Beautiful. How we need to have our homes open to Jesus. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that, made, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work, the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
Oh, what a statement. Come on, Lord. Go on, tell her to help me. And then there's one of those Cadbury's caramel moments. Martha, Martha. I don't know if you ever remember the Cadbury's caramel moment, the soft Cadbury's caramel. It's a beautiful statement here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from I don't know about you, but I always feel sorry for Martha, don't you? I really have a heart for Martha because actually the things that Martha was doing needed to be done. It wasn't that she was wasting time or working on things that were irrelevant or unnecessary. She had opened up the home to Jesus. He had come in and he needed feeding. There were guests there. There were so many things to do. But actually, Jesus was addressing what was in Martha's spirit when he spoke to her. Of course, Jesus does need both Martha's and Mary's. He needs men and women and young people who are willing to get their hands dirty in the ministry and get involved right down where it needs to be done. But he also needs the Marys who are willing to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And in reality, if you are really involved in the work of God, you of all people need to know and to learn how to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. But actually, Mary had measured the moment right. This was an eternal opportunity not to be missed. And I believe with all my heart that today is an eternal opportunity not to be missed. Where are you? He said, Martha, you are worried and upset. You're concerned. You're harassed by many things in life. It wasn't that... That Martha shouldn't have been doing what she was doing. It was how it was being done. And it was when it was being done. And you will always find reasons in your life. Why you don't come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And learn to move in the deeper things of God. There will always be a distraction. There will always be a job. There will always be something that demands and craves your attention. And you will legitimize your reason for having not spent any time with God. But I come, and this is one of the major messages that I preach as I minister in various places. I know that to be true. And it is this, that the church needs to return again to the feet of Jesus. Learning individually how to cultivate and come 
into his presence and be a carrier of the glory of God. And you've heard me say so many times over so many years, there are no shortcuts to being someone who is a carrier of the glory of God. You can't leap over the fence and suddenly have an encounter at the, big, at the front of a meeting or an altar call or something like that where suddenly God touches you by the power of His Spirit and suddenly you become deep in the things of God. I want to tell you that doesn't happen. You say, Pastor, well, you come in every, every year and you minister and you preach and you do and you pray for us and you prophesy and you do all that you do year after year and absolutely right. And as long as Pastor Dave and the elders are happy for me to come, I'm desperate to come and be alongside you. That's the truth. But actually, when it comes to where you are at, personally with God. You could be responding to a meeting like that, but in actual fact in your heart, you are backslidden because there is nothing else going on in your life to take you into the deeper things of God. It is possible for a pastor or an elder or a leader to put all the things in place for Sunday and do a good meeting, but in his heart, he is backslidden. So let's ask the question this morning. What is really going on in your spiritual life? Have you got religion? Or are you walking with Jesus? What a difference. Oh, Mary grasped the opportunity. She knew this was a moment of eternity and that there was no better purpose for her at that precise time to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. John tells us more detail, doesn't he? And how she wept and wiped his feet with her hair and worshipped. Martha misunderstood what Jesus needed. He needed to come into a quiet place. He needed to come and be surrounded by those who loved him, those who were as faithful as they could be to him. He was about to face the cross. He needed to be still. He needed to be quiet. He needed the atmosphere of love and the tenderness of just being in the atmosphere of home. Hallelujah. That's a beautiful thing. How's your home life? Is it filled with Jesus? Perhaps we need to learn how to come aside and rest a while in the stillness of the glory of God. Have you learned to shut the door and be drawn into the courts of his glory? Do you read word for today, say the prayer, and feel okay? You say, Pastor, don't talk to me like that. I'm where I am where I am. I'm just here to inspire a new passion for Jesus that he might draw us to a deeper place. So Martha was troubled and weighed down with the cares of the world 
and Mary chose better. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's already at point two. We're getting there. And then we must have a desire and a hunger for the word, the things of the spirit, and the will of God. I am saying those things there accurately, very precisely. A hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the things of the spirit, and a hunger for the will of God. Is that in your heart? Let me turn, uh, ask you to turn to Psalm 1. If you come with me to Psalm 1, you will find in this opening psalm that uh, the writer Give spiritual ingredients necessary for spiritual depth. And we're going to just read through the psalm together and see what they say. Firstly, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. First one, Paul, bring it up for me. Separation from the wicked and the world. Hallelujah. Separation. You know, we must not lose the message of separation. Now, that does not mean isolation. Years ago, we got it wrong. We were more isolated than separated. And how are we going to reach the lost? I'm going to be preaching a message tonight that has been burning in my spirit for hours and hours. And I want to tell you, I believe it's a message the church needs to hear today. Last night and this morning, I'm building up to the big one. Glory to God. <laughs> But we've got to, if we're going to meet, re, reach message three, and you've got to come to find out what it is now. We've got to come through message one, coming up higher in the things of God. Message two, growing deeper in the things of God. And message three. Separation, not isolation. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Delight in God's word. Crave it. Eat it like bread. Put your energy and your time into study of the word. I want to challenge you this morning. Have you become a serious student of the Bible? Have you become a real reader and studier of the Word of God? Have you begun to unpack it and teach and train your mind? Or do you survive on sermons? Sermons are great. But it's not enough. Come on. Open your book and delight yourself in the Word of God. Next, he is like a tree. There it is, like an oak. Tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Stay in the river. Amen. Listen, let's get used to the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I make no apology for being a Holy Ghost man. Woo! Glory to God. I'd prefer to have some passion and fire because of the Holy Spirit in my life than to be dead and dry. Amen. 
you've often heard me said, but it's actually not true really in a way because I've done my homework since, but my education was absolutely shocking, terrible. But I tell you, I did go back and do my homework. But really what I carry is a spirit level. And I've discovered something. You can have all the academic ability in the world. You can know how to craft sermons, a fantastic introduction, three points and a conclusion that will really blow the mind of the congregation. But without the Holy Ghost, turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to stay in the river. And let's face it, it takes both of those ingredients. It takes the word, delight in the word, and the spirit, the river, flowing together. And then look at what it says. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked perish. Oh, thank God. The Lord is watching over us. Amen. You know, the things of the world will hide you from the presence of God. Whereas the word and the spirit will hide you in the presence of God. And at the conclusion of this psalm, it says, if we've got our spiritual life right, all that we put our hand to will prosper. And I'm not talking about your bank account. I'm talking about your soul. It will affect you in every way. But your soul, separation to God, the word, his spirit and his will. And God will watch over us. I'm recognizing here that it is only God who can take us to this deeper place with himself. I can't do it by my own effort and all I can do. But there is some investment that we must make. God can't do it all for us. We must realize that as we activate these tools, God will take us to a deeper place. These three interlock together, his word, his spirit, and his will. They are woven together to produce a depth in our hearts. Let me show you, firstly, the word, Psalm 119. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I wonder what comes to mind when you're faced with temptation, when you're ready to give in. The word of God should bring a resistance and a strength in us. My wife and I, Miriam, we often find ourselves just quoting out Scripture together. We love it. We, 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 we spark off each other, you know. We sharp, sharpen each other up. Fantastic. Reminding one another of the Word of God. And how important that is as we walk through life together. And then the Spirit. 
The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. We can't have an understanding of the Word of God and the deep things of God without being people, men and women, who are hearing from the Spirit. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Spiritual understanding. Amen. And then thirdly, his will. Psalm 40 verse 8, I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Your word is within my heart. Just pause a moment and ask yourself, do you really have? I'm asking myself too. Do I really have a desire for the will of God? These things woven together, the Word, the Spirit, and the will of God will take you to a deeper place if we make them our priority and our deep desire. And then thirdly, we must have a desire that leads to action on our part, but it must be the right action. Martha was doing a right job at the wrong time. And Martha was weighed down with the cares of the world. I believe God maybe wants to release you this morning from things that have held you for such a long time, bound you up in your heart and in your mind and restricted you. And so God can work many things in our hearts, but by His choice, He is waiting for us to make certain key decisions. You say, Pastor, are you sure about that? Yes, because when he created you, he gave you a free will and an ability to make choices and decisions. Where do you get that from? Here it comes. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. That's an interesting place to start from, isn't it? If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't there no doubt about it that walking with God demands the strength of will and spirit and determination? And these will take you into the deep things of God if we put into practice what we really need to do. So what do we do? I've started to preach the how message, Pastor Dave. How do we do this? It's not always easy to answer that question. But let me just give you some keys. If you've got any wisdom, write them down. Are you ready? How do we do this? What part can we play? Firstly, we have to learn control. Listen, let me bear my heart with you. As a young man, I am aware and was aware that I could have spent so much of my time wasting my time and energy. I was no different from any other young man driven by the same passions and desires and the things of the flesh. We all face the same thing. 
But God did something in my heart that enabled me through strength of will and character. And I suppose I'd have to give testimony to the fact that actually I made some strong decisions that were decisions of my will as a result of the authority of God. And I stuck to my guns. And when my mates were out doing what they wanted to do, I want to tell you, I locked myself away with God in the secret place. When the temptations came, you know, listen friend, vocally back then, oh, the whole world was lying before me. I'd already been approached by the top management companies that manage the largest artists in the world. Because I could sing probably a little bit better back then. But I want to tell you, I was driving back one night. You've probably heard this story, forgive me. You know, when you've been coming to a place 10 years in a row, the old stories come out. I was driving back from having performed one night because there was one year in my life when I was not in a place with God where I should have been, just one year. I was driving back in my big car. Only a teenager. And I'd performed in a big arena with my brothers. And this one night was New Year's Eve. Do you know what our fee was in the 70s? A thousand a night. We were driving back and the snow started to come. And it came and it came and it came. And we were driving from the Bridling, on the Bridlington Road, from Bridlington on the coast, on the coast road to Scarborough. And we got snowed in. I mean, it was serious drifts everywhere. And we were in this car for 13 hours with the seat covers wrapped around our heads. Can you remember the days of the woolly, woolly seat covers, you know, in the olden days? You know, it was back in the days... Uh, Johnny, when they used to put your name on the front of the car windows, you know. <laughs> Catherine and Pete. <laughs> Fur-handled driving wheel. <laughs> In the middle of the night, the Spirit of God came upon me and convicted me to the core of my being. I said, son, why are you doing what you're doing? You are in places where you should never be. I never intended you. This was not my will, and this is not my purpose. And I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that so changed my life. I rang up on Monday morning our agent, and I said, I'm finished. No, 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 I'm finished. I will never sing again for anybody else other than Jesus. 
And here we are today. Sometimes if we're real and honest, where we can't even take a few hours of our time to be alone and come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And then we wonder why life isn't working out the way it's meant to be. What can we do? Number one, we have to learn control. Learn control. Because the flesh is prone for surface life. Interested in pleasure and what it can be satisfied with. And let me tell you the deception of the devil. That's crept into the church now. We spiritualize it. But we say, actually, I want Jesus to satisfy me. I want Jesus to bring through in my life what I want. Listen, lay all the rubbish down. And let's get back to the place where we say, Lord, let your will be done in my life completely. No matter what the price, no matter what the cost, no matter what you call me to do, no matter where you want me to live, no matter what you want me to sacrifice, Lord, here I am. Take me into a deeper place with you. Secondly, learn to be alone with God. Learn the difference between isolation and locking away with God for contemplation and meditation on the things of God. Hallelujah. You know, friend, this doesn't mean you lose all your joy, your laughter, and your happiness, and you become too serious so nobody wants to be with you. This actually means you will become the happiest person in the world with the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thirdly, learn to be still and quiet in His presence. We are more comfortable with noise, aren't we? We're more comfortable with talking and, and business. Learn to be still and be quiet. Turn to your neighbor and say, you talk too much. <laughs> oh, I love this. It's all going on on the front row. Dave's going. <laughs> and she's going. <laughs> That's real, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, Sally, we know, really, you can't get a word in edgeways, can you? And Miriam has the same problem. A pastor's wife always has that problem. <laughs> I want to tell you what will happen. If you begin to sit at the feet of Jesus with an open heart and a transparency, you'll begin with repentance. And if your desire and your hunger for him has come to the right level and your thirst is real, just as Jesus has promised, he will quench your thirst. If you hunger, he will feed you with bread. Revelation will open up and you will know a manifestation of the intimate presence of Jesus like you've never known before. Don't rush it. It will take time, but it will come.
and people will take note that you have been with Jesus. You see, that's our problem. We do a lot of talking, and I'm probably the worst culprit. <laughs> but people need to know that we've been with Jesus. And finally, we learn to make Jesus our priority and his purpose our work. We need physical rest. We need spiritual rest. Psalm 116 verse 7, that be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. You know, it's funny really, the flesh plays tricks with you because some time ago I found myself thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful to, to go back to those days when I had no responsibility whatsoever? <laughs> you know? Because I've got a lot of responsibility. Those teenage days with your loon trousers on <laughs> and a full head of hair. I mean a full head of hair. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then reality caught up with me. Actually, I'm right where Jesus wants me to be. And I can handle any responsibility that is put upon my shoulders. And I can experience victory and carry it with the anointing and the authority of God. I can carry much because Jesus carries it for me. Don't be weighed down with the cares of the world. Or there will be a cross to carry. But he will strengthen you with power from on high for that. And you'll walk strong. But do not carry the cares of the world. And let me tell you this. Do not carry ministry cares and worries. Let your heart be released. Because those are burdens Jesus wants to lift off your shoulders and set you free. So learn to be at rest once more. Can you remember the time when Jesus said to his disciples, Will you come alone with me to a quiet place and just be? Just be. My prayer is that in the stillness of God's divine presence, he would take you into the deeper place with him. But my prayer also is that you will do what you need to do to go there. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message. For more teaching resources, 
visit www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.